Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus left the house and sat by the lakeside. But such crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there. The people all stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables. He said, Imagine the sower going out to sow. As he sowed, some seeds fell on the edge of the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on patches of rock, where they found little soil, and sprang up straight away, because there was no depths of earth. But as soon as the sun came up, they were scorched, and not having any roots, they withered away. Others fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Others fell on rich soil and produced their crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Listen, anyone who has ears. Then the disciples went up to him and asked, Why do you talk to them in parables? Because, he replied, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven are revealed to you, but they are not revealed to them. For anyone who has will be given more, and they will have more than enough. But from anyone who has not, even what they have will be taken away. The reason I talk to them in parables is that they look without seeing and listen without hearing or understanding. So in their case, this prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled. You will listen and listen again, but not understand. See and see again, but not perceive. But happy are your eyes because they see, your ears because they hear. I tell you solemnly, many prophets and holy people long to see what you see and never saw it, to hear what you hear and never heard it. You therefore are to hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom without understanding, the evil one comes and carries off what was sown in his heart, and this is the person who received the seed on the edge of the path. The one who received it on patches of rock is the person who hears the word and welcomes it at once with joy, for they have no root in them, they do not last. Let some trial come, or some persecution on account of the word, and they fall away at once. The one who received the seeds in thorns is the person who hears the word, but the worries of this world and the lure of riches choke the word, and so they produce nothing. And the one who received the seed in rich soil is the person who hears the word and understands it. They're the ones who yield a harvest and produce 
now a hundredfold, now sixty, now thirty. This is the Gospel of the Lord. So this teaching gives us very much the big picture, the picture of our life and of our response to the living encounter with the mystery of God in our life, which we call the Word. The Word is the point and the moment of encounter. Do we get it? Do we understand it? How do we respond to it? How long does it last? And I think we could identify with all of those different types of people that he describes in the parable, each of us at different times or phases of our life or times of the day, maybe one or other of them. So that's the big picture. But let's just remember that big picture in the first words of the gospel is is connected to the place and the time where Jesus was teaching. Uh, by the Lake of Galilee, uh, on the beach, to get out into a boat, there were so many people. And that is the topos, that's the place, that's the specific place of this teaching, which is an encounter for us, if we listen, to that word, about the word. And then it even contains a reflection on why he teaches in this particular way with parables. And the answer is that he, he teaches everyone, but in this particular form of teaching, it adapts itself to the attention or the understanding or the seriousness of the person or people who are listening. So, it isn't that this is some kind of esoteric teaching, although he assumes that the disciples might be a little bit more able to understand it, but then he still has to explain it to them, and most, much of the time they don't get it, but they keep trying. And But it's the, it's the capacity of the listener, person receiving this encounter, that's the crucial thing. And that's where we have to ask ourselves the question, are we increasing our capacity to hear and understand, to see and perceive? And is it just a fleeting glimpse, or does it become extended into a way of life? 
Let's just remember the key, the key uh, point he's making is really about, it's not about good and bad people. It's about whether you're awake or not. It's about perception, awareness, insight, or degrees of consciousness. And that's the crucial effect of the encounter with the word, reality, the reality of God, the reality of the spirit, that it has an immediate effect or can have an immediate effect on our capacity for perception, good awareness, and to, and to expand and deepen our consciousness. But it's not passive. Do we want it? Are we really humble enough and faithful enough and simple enough to keep growing? And that analysis of the different levels of response, the different kinds of response that he gives, is really very, very clear and sobering because it wakes us up, sobers us up to make us ask where our priorities are and how conscious we are of the scopos, of the meaning and the, the goal, the purpose, the aim of our life. So just remember, the first and the first response, there's no understanding at all. So this, the seed falls on the edge of the path and before it can even begin to germinate, uh, the birds come and eat it up. There's no understanding, therefore no connection. So just living, living from one uh, Twitter message to the next. And then the second is no root. So you've got a bit of understanding, but there's no rootedness. And where does rootedness come from? Connection, stability, trust, recognition that this is your topos. This is, this is how and where you should grow. And if there's no root, no connection that lasts for more than a brief moment, then this is like it falling on patches of rock and you give up as soon as things get a bit difficult. And then the third problem is a lack of peace. That we are overwhelmed by our problems, anxieties, our personal problems, our personal dissatisfactions, 
uh, and all our anxieties and stresses in worldly affairs. That all of that just overwhelms us so much that we have no peace and we become maybe uh, distracted by the lure of riches whatever it is that does it it chokes chokes the word chokes off that moment of potential that moment of encounter sometimes we look back on a meeting on an event on an experience maybe short or longer in our life and we realize we, we may just think to ourselves I wish I had recognized my opportunity somebody once said to me and I'm still not quite sure whether they were pessimist or a realist they said you know you never get the same opportunity twice but you always get other opportunities but the next opportunities are not as good as the first one <laughs> I wish they hadn't said that and then he ends with the rich soil the seed that falls into rich soil somebody hears it and they understand it and therefore they allow it that understanding is the receptivity and it allows it to take root and to grow and produce fruit and if you produce fruit then the seed is not it, it does not exist just for itself it's producing fruit that other people will come and eat like the fruit trees we have on our farm here the trees are producing it other people will eat it so that our ability to grow to allow the word of God to grow in our lives is producing benefits for others and if we don't see that then we just see our spiritual journey whatever we call our spiritual journey it just becomes uh, a maze really where we're turning and around and around ourselves so growth takes us out of ourselves and makes us aware amazingly that we can produce fruit so what is rich soil how do we make good soil capable of this response to the word of God to that encounter it's the encounter which is there waiting for us in every moment well perhaps it is what we're doing in meditation we are preparing 
that rich soil in the ground of our being. We're breaking up the hardened soil, the soil that was made hard by suffering, by failure, by self-rejection, by betrayal, by whatever it is in life that makes us grow hard and untrusting and unsimple. So we're breaking up that soil and breaking up hardened soil is, is not always easy. But it's also turning the soil, turning it over, refreshing it, oxygenating it. And then it's nourishing the soil, not with artificial fertilizers, but, art, uh, but enriching the soil with our failures. So our failures and all our negative feelings, that's the fertilizer, and it doesn't smell very nice most of the time. When you see smell fertilizers spread all over a field, but at the same time, you feel that it is nourishing it and preparing it to be good soil. And it's not so much our good deeds, but our failures, how we deal with them, how we accept them, how we dig them back into the soils, recycling, recycling the waste of our lives, the failures, the disappointments, shortcomings, throwing all that back into the soil and digging it back into the ground. That's humility, humus. And it's what allows us then, or the soil, the ground of our being, to welcome the word and to become a good environment for it to grow. That's how meditation changes our lives, by this little practice of meditation day by day creates metanoia, turns us around, turns us over, and opens us to the meaning and the aim of our lives.